Welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night as I am joining you after a nice win. Uh, the Nuggets, they take care of the Sacramento Kings 121-111. Uh, Denver basically never trailed in this game. It was a, it was, I'm pretty sure it was a wire-to-wire victory, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, winning the first quarter by 12, basically tying the next three quarters. And they were just kind of at a basically keeping the Kings at arm's length for most of that time. It was great. It was a nice, good vibes win. And we're going to talk about that in the, sec- in the third segment. But for now, I have a very special guest uh, driving back from Ball Arena right now. He's hopping on to help me with the recap of this podcast. It is Brandon Ewing at bskip1717 on Twitter. Uh, Brandon, uh, good to hear from you, man. Sat next to me at the uh, at Ball Arena tonight, and it was it was nice to see you. We got to, got to hang out with Asher Levy. Yes, it was a great time. And, and Ryan, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. It feels like it's been forever, and I think that's mostly my fault because I've been incredibly busy the last couple of months. So it's a pleasure to be back on. And, yep, we're going to recap a very exciting Nuggets victory. Like you said, they were in control of it most of the time. I mean, the Kings made it close here and there, but the Nuggets were just making it interesting. Fans of Ball Arena, they always had this game in hand, and the Nicole Jokic is a big reason why, per usual. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with Jokic then, because he was fantastic tonight. It's, it's just hard to argue otherwise. Uh, 33 points for him on 13 of 20 shooting, uh, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, only 2 turnovers for him tonight. Uh, shot 3 of 6 from 3. The only kind of wart on, on his stat line, he was went 4 of 8 from the free throw line. Uh, a little bit weird that his free throws have been have been pretty down of late, but I, I do think that he has done some great things this year. Uh, uh, not this year, but but in this game specifically. Uh, he put on a show tonight at Ball Arena, and I thought I just came away really impressed with his mentality, with the way that he attacked the Kings in this game. Uh, what are your general thoughts on, on Jokic to start here? Yeah, he was great offensively, like usual. He did great scoring the basketball. He shot the ball well from three, like you mentioned. He struggled a little bit from the free throw line, but it's just one of those nights where it happens. Defensively is where I was really impressed with him tonight. He did a great job affecting King's shot, shots at the rim. And we have to mention the no-look pass in the second quarter because, my goodness, that was spectacular. I mean, it's night in and night out, and Nicole Jokic just something. It impresses not just Nuggets fans, but NBA fans around the world. And tonight's no-look pass to Jermichael Green was something special. It was one of his best plays all season, and that is saying something. He's definitely had a couple of them. 100%. And, and like, it, it's, when, it's when those plays happen, those flashy passes for the wide-open dunks, uh, that really get the crowd going, that really get everybody into it. It's, it's Jokic ball at its finest, I think, where he – kind of directs things at the top of the key most of the time, but this one was in transition. And you love to see that from him because he just is in complete control of the game at that time, knows exactly what he has to do in order to get this win. And it's it's find and create easy shots for his teammates like that one. And I think it actually really helped get Jermichael Green going tonight, uh, just, just doing a lot to try to get some dump off passes for him right at the rim. Uh, Jamichael Green made an impact too. 13 points, nine rebounds, six of eight from the, from the field. Uh, I was really impressed with Jamichael Green in the starting lineup overall. Yeah, no, it was a really good performance from Jamichael Green. It was probably, honestly, arguably his best game this season. He was really confident with his shot. Rebounding wise, he attacked the boards. He took a lot of those rebounds that we're used to seeing Jokic getting, but Jamichael Green 
cleaned him up and took care of him. One more thing on Jokic in transition. He had a couple plays tonight where he took the ball all the way up the court. He had a dunk earlier in the game, and then he had another one where he had this incredible finger roll finish that was really impressive. So he, he was great moving the ball in transition, and Jermichael Green did a great job of finishing tonight. He was in the right spots. I will say Popeye Jones mentioned after the game because Jeff Green came off the bench tonight, and he said that we should probably expect to see Jeff Green back in the starting lineup sooner rather than later. But Jermichael Green definitely made the most of his opportunity tonight. Yeah, really, really impressed with him. Uh, but like you said, sticking on Jokic here because we shouldn't just give him a one-off. Uh, him attacking in transition and and finding early opportunities to put some points on the board for himself, uh, for others. He created a really nice assist for Austin Rivers. Um, actually, well, uh, opportunity for, for Austin Rivers, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but he had a lot of great looks for the rest of this team and, and for getting the team out in transition 16 fast break points for Denver tonight. And that's more than you usually see from this group. They're usually hovering around six to eight. Like it's, it's just not a part of their game most of the time. So to see Denver get out in transition, to see them putting up 70 points in the paint, uh, a lot of that has to do with Jokic. A lot of that has to do with what he's uh, sort of dictating with the way that he's playing and he fought through a lot of contact tonight, fought through a lot of uh, a lot of physical play from Alex Len uh, and, and others. And they just really had did not have an answer for him, which I mean, that should not be a crazy thing to say, in my opinion. No, not, not at all. And Jokic, and this isn't a stat that's ever on the stat sheet, but he had a lot of those hockey assists tonight where he passes to somebody else. And then that helps create a backdoor cut. I noticed a couple with Will Barton specifically, where he had Will Barton down low, then Will Barton found an easy back cut, and they had some nice easy layups. So he he was helping everybody out, facilitating. And like you mentioned, he wasn't getting the calls um, like he probably needed to be. And a couple of the Nuggets players post game, uh, Jermichael Green, Jeff Green, and Bones Highland, all kind of echoed that that Jokic should be getting a little friendly over whistle, but they aren't really going to go into further detail on that. So he definitely could have gone to the line a couple more times tonight than he did. Interesting. And like, I, I was actually impressed with Alex Len, especially offensively for most of this game, thought that he did a really good job for the Kings as kind of a pick and roll outlet for them. Uh, so it, it would be interesting, like, cause we've, we've heard that Denver's interested in a backup center uh, for somebody that, that has a little bit more size. Alex Len could be a target for Denver, not necessarily somebody I talked about on the last podcast that I talked about these things, but Keep an eye out for that, Nuggets fans. Uh, but you mentioned Will Barton. I actually I want to I want to talk about him because he's a guy that doesn't necessarily get a lot of like credit when things go well, and especially when he plays how he played tonight, where the shot didn't necessarily go down as often as it probably should have, but the passing and his defense and his ability to do everything else, I thought really helped Denver and connected them in a way that they were able to play the Jokic style of ball. Uh, while Barton didn't necessarily do a lot at the offensive end. What did you think of Barton tonight? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he found a way to contribute. He was playmaking, helping others get easy looks. And like you said, defensively, he was playing with a whole bunch of energy, which really helped the Nuggets out on that end of the court. He did a good job slowing the pace down at times when it needed to. So even though his shot wasn't falling, and it hasn't been falling as of late, he's still finding ways to impact the game positively, which which is huge. So credit to Will Barton. I thought it was a very, very solid performance. Monte Morris also got back into the starting lineup. I asked uh, Popeye Jones early in 
the presser in the pregame presser, uh, whether uh, Monte's role would stay the same as it did in the jazz game. And he was pretty open saying that no Monte would be starting. Uh, he looked pretty good in the previous game continues to look good in this one too. Uh, I love his connection with Jokic. I think what he does from a uh, telepathic perspective with Yoke, where they just kind of know what each other is thinking at any given point, it just really helps Denver kind of throw it back to the offenses where Murray and Jokic were doing the same things, where those guys really making it easy on each other. Uh, You saw it a couple of times tonight where Monte had some really easy shots created for himself uh, because Jokic was on the same wavelength as him and Monte cut at the right time. Yeah, they're definitely playing well off of each other. And the thing with Monte Morris is if he gets an open look, whether it's mid-range or three-pointer, it seems like he rarely ever misses. So he makes the most of his open looks. He does a great job playing off of Jokic. And all the other players in the starting lineup did a really good job of that as well. I mean, Aaron Gordon, I've been really impressed with Aaron Gordon and the way he can cut to the rim. He's been great next to Jokic. He has a couple nice dunks specifically early in the game tonight. So, yeah, I think having Monte back in the starting lineup is huge. Faku obviously came off the bench, and he had some good moments here and there. So it was good to see Monte back in the starting lineup. I love it. And um, uh, we said Joe Michael Green. We said Aaron Gordon. Like Aaron Gordon having the, the couple of dunks that he did to open up the game, I think that really set the tone for what the Nuggets were going to do on the offensive end, where things were just coming to them so easily, where Jokic draws the attention. Gordon cuts, the Kings screw up the rotation, and Denver gets an easy shot out of it. And that's just kind of how the game mostly went. Uh, Denver scores 30 points in each of the first three quarters, Uh, 35 in the first, 31 in the second, 30 in the third, only 25 in the fourth where they kind of took their foot off the gas. But at that point, Denver was up by a lot, and you didn't necessarily need a big performance out of anybody. So just really impressive stuff from the starting unit tonight, despite the fact that the plus minus wasn't like massive, they they could have definitely pushed this at various points. They didn't need to because the bench really, really stepped up. Uh, any lasting thoughts on the starting unit before we hit the bench? I will say Jokic um, stepped up big time in the third quarter when the game was getting a little interesting because the Nuggets once had a 20 point lead and that got all the way down to four points. And then Jokic, like out of a timeout, just absolutely took over. And I think the Nuggets lead was up to 12 within like a minute or two once he started to do that. So the Kings were back in it. They, they could smell it for a second, but then Jokic quickly slammed the door. So that was a that was a really good answer from him in the third quarter with the Nuggets struggling. Three of six from three for Jokic. And I thought that, that was a really big deal. Uh, just him being able to put up those points from the three-point line. We haven't seen that much from Jokic uh, from the three-point line over the course of this year as he's kind of worn down a little bit. So Glad to see him get back into that rhythm. Maybe this is something that continues. Um, but either way, let's hit a break right now. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench unit, which I think deserves a lot of credit for what they accomplished tonight. We will be right back. Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, joined today by Brandon Ewing, who's on the road, uh, coming back from the Nuggets-Kings victory. 
he wanted to share his insights, share his thoughts, and I absolutely am going to take that because this Nuggets team and this was this was a fun game. Like we want to be able to share in it, bask in it a little bit, and it's a Friday night podcast. Or we're going casual on this one, right, Brad? Absolutely, it is casual Friday. The Nuggets are back at the win column. They're over five hundred. We're having a great time on the pickaxe roll. Thank you for tuning in. We're just about to start about start talking about the bench unit, which was fantastic tonight. So I can't wait to get into. It. So I've been tracking this, um, not necessarily a ton lately, but because I did a, a an article yesterday, which everybody should check out, by the way, it's on the Nuggets rotation uh, and what happens with and without Jokic. Denver was plus 10 without Nikola Jokic tonight. Jokic was a plus z- or was a zero. He was even in the plus minus because the, the Kings kind of hit some shots late that didn't really matter as much. Uh but the rest of the bench was a plus 10. And there were a lot of factors with that. And I, I thought early, they didn't necessarily know what they were doing. They, they sort of had to figure that out a little bit. Thought that Faku Campazzo didn't necessarily do a lot of great things early in the game when he was being guarded by Davion Mitchell. But Denver sort of found their, their rhythm and their rotation a little bit when Faku and Jeff Green pick and rolls started happening. And I thought that Jeff Green tonight uh, coming back, only playing 16 minutes, but he put up 18 points, was a plus 15 in those 16 minutes. Just a really, really impressive performance from Uncle Jeff. What was the thing that stood out the most to you, Skip? Well, the thing that stood out the most to me obviously has to be those two poster dunks in the third quarter. I mean, Hell those yeah. were <laughs> unreal. And Jeff Green was talking post game, and he said that he takes pride in being able to show off that athletic ability. And I don't think... I've ever seen somebody in their 36 years of age, or he said he's 35. Okay, he wanted to make sure he clarified that tonight. Be able to put up two poster dunks like that, but he's been doing that for years. I mean, you see him across the league, whatever team he's playing for, there's going to be a Jeff Green poster dunk, okay, every time. So it's insane. That, that's cool to be a part of. And he made shots when he had to. And like you said, he was working really well with Faku off the pick and roll. So it was a really solid performance, Jeff Green. Only 16 minutes off the bench, and he definitely made the most of them. And I'd expect to see him in the starting lineup soon. But he he has been a really nice addition for this Nuggets team. And tonight, he played a massive role in their victory. I loved what I saw from him, and I loved what I saw from the Nuggets bench. And I I, I know that Jeff has been really really good in Denver's uh, in Denver's starting unit. But I do think that they have something with this bench group where he is the roller. He because he's an athletic guy. He's one of the only players that can kind of go above the rim. And him being able to put pressure on the rim made things a lot easier for Faku Campazzo, made things a lot easier for Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, Zeke Naji for not having to do it. Zeke could focus on other things. He could play defense. He could space the floor. And I thought that it was good to have Jeff Green as kind of a more high usage player in that system because, like you said, he he is very used to this role. He's very used to kind of being the focal point in a lot of cases. Like he, he can be the role player. He can be uh, somebody else who does role player things on a team. But I think one of the underrated things about him coming from Brooklyn was that there are times where he was the first option when uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden were sitting, where he would be the guy that they would turn to for post-ups for pick and rolls for a lot of other things to just keep him involved. So I love what I saw from Jeff Green tonight. There were some really slow closeouts on the defensive end that I don't necessarily want to highlight too much, but 
one of the reasons why the bench was only a plus 10 as opposed to like a plus 25 was because they were giving up a few too many threes. Uh, and that happens. Like, look, it is what it is. And I, I, I'm definitely not going to worry about uh, this because they're still a plus 10. And that's just so rare from this bench unit. But Jeff was definitely a proponent of that at times. Uh, but for him to be as active as he was offensively, going to throw that aside. Yeah, especially after missing so much time. I mean, it, it, in his short minutes, even though he only played 60 minutes, he definitely made the most of them. The thing I love about Jeff Green is you pretty much always know what you're going to get from him. He's incredibly consistent. He always contributes, and he, he did that tonight. So kudos to Jeff Green. Very good performance. Good stuff from Faka Campazzo, kind of finding that pocket pass, finding the pick-and-roll chemistry. Uh, I didn't like a lot of what Faku did tonight, but it was that. It was a couple of the layups that he had, as well as the block that he had on Buddy Heald late that basically was the middle finger to the Sacramento Kings right at the end of that game. Uh, a block and then a layup on the other end. It was pretty hilarious, but because that's the coming from a five. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a better way to put it for sure. <laughs> um, you want to talk about Bones Highland a little bit? I thought that he really... Uh, got together some some good, impressive minutes, despite the fact that I thought he started off pretty poorly. Yeah, no, he definitely had a much better second half than he did first half. It's incredible to me, just like his confidence. Like, he'll miss a couple shots, and then he'll come up the court, and he will jack up another shot from the parking lot. You're like, what's this guy doing? And then it goes to the hoop. So I love his confidence. We all got we got to talk about the busy swag shake that he gave after his little finger roll. Like, <laughs> that, that was pretty impressive. But no. He had that play in the in the third quarter where he got matched up with Tristan Thompson, shook him a little bit, made a great three, and then next time coming up the court, he made another three. I actually think that was in the first half, but in the second half, he really settled, he really settled things down, and it was nice to have him back in the lineup. And it, it was the he said after the game he's been struggling shooting three the last couple of games, but it was nice to see he made three threes tonight. He got back in double figures, so I think it was a good performance for Bones Island. 13 points, five rebounds, three assists for him, uh, 18 points on, on nine shots for Jeff Green, by the way. Uh, those two guys, so they, they put up 31 by themselves. And, and what I've said for the Nuggets specifically is that they have such a good record. Like it is, it is impossible to beat them when the bench puts up 30 plus and the starters put up 70. That happened tonight. Add another one to the tally here. Uh, it's very rare that they do it. I think they're like 10 and one or 11 and one when they do it on the season, but it is something that I think that they, they need even production from both of their units where the bench, as long as they put in their, their time, the starters are usually good enough that they can at least hold serve with the other team. Uh, and that, I think that was, that was a pretty easy case to make for tonight that they, they were basically even with Jokic being an even zero, uh, Michael Green was the highest as a plus two, that as long as the bench can give you something extra, then you're going to be comfortable. You're going to find a way to win every single time because Jokic will help you take it home. So it was really nice for the bench to find a good rhythm in this one and find a couple of guys in Jeff Green and Bones Highland that could carry the day. Uh, that's not necessarily something you see from this group all the time, but it was nice to see tonight. Yeah, 100%. Because like you mentioned the, that you wrote in your article, the Nuggets bench can win those non-Jokic minutes or just at least keep it close for when Jokic is on the floor. The Nuggets are going to win a whole hell of a lot of games. So it was a really good performance from the bench tonight. It's really something that I think that they can build on moving forward. So really good performance from them. 
Uh, Austin Rivers, not necessarily uh, like a, a big night from him, though he did have a couple of good defensive plays guarding Buddy Heald, guarding uh, other like like Davion Mitchell types. Uh, so I don't want to minimize that, but I even though he was a plus 15 uh, tonight, tying Jeff Green for the highest plus minus on the team, I'm not necessarily sure I would uh, I would credit him too strongly with that, but uh, yeah, he, he, he was a part of things. The, he, did get the, he did get the defensive player of the game chain. Popeye Jones said after the game. So defensively, the Nuggets were at least impressed with him holding Buddy Heald to only seven points. So they de- they definitely credited Austin Rivers for doing a lot of that work. And he, Popeye Jones said Faco Pazzo came in second place at the defensive chain. So Austin Rivers takes that home tonight. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm not sure I would uh I would agree with that, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm definitely not like Denver gave up 111 points. So the 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 candidates were probably not that sterling in general, but <laughs> I thought the defense actually thought that, maybe just keep it in the locker that night. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that Zeke Naji had a really good defensive game where he was contesting a lot of shots around the rim. Uh, I thought deflected rebounds out of Tristan Thompson's hands on a lot of cases, especially in that fourth quarter, uh, did a really good job of protecting the rim in a situation where Denver needs somebody to protect the rim. Um, what did you think of Zeke tonight? Just kind of limited time. Yeah, he, he had that one really good block. I can't remember who it was on. It might have been Tristan Thompson, where he, he really affected the shot of the rim. It looked like it was going to be an easy dunk, and he just swatted it out there. And then how many shots did he end up taking tonight? I remember the three-pointer that he did make. Yeah, one for one. The only so he, one. Made the most, he made the most of his one shot he put up. It was an open look three, and he definitely cashed it. So I, I think Zeke Naji is gaining confidence and that is huge for him and that is huge for the nuggets and i would like to see what he could do with possibly more minutes moving forward because i've i've been impressed like i've liked what i've seen from him on both of them i know it's uh it's definitely not surprising for you but i i like his fit with jeff green better than Javichael green um yeah just because like like they could they could play faster, they could play a little bit more up and down. It's it's just a, a higher tempo game with the bench where where you can just get those guys up and running. And Faku likes to play that way. Bones likes to play that way. Uh, you can have these guys where where they're trying to get up and down the court and not necessarily getting too stagnant. I think that's when they become a little bit too easy to defend. Is when you get them in the half court consistently. Um, sure, Jeff Green made some good plays in the half court tonight. But that might not happen the same for next game. So we're just going to have to see. Uh, but I, I did like the Jeff Green, Zeke Naji pairing and would not be opposed to seeing more of it. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like that that bench game tonight with Zeke, Jeff, Baku, and Bones, and even Austin Rivers mixed in there. So, I mean, we'll probably see Jeff Green back to the starting line, so I'm not sure how often we'll see that bench pairing again. But but I was impressed with it tonight. I like Good stuff. Um Anything else about the bench unit before we go to the vibes? I'm good, but let's let's get to the vibes. They're feeling good after. They, they are feeling good. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to do a vibe check uh, in terms of like uh, shout out to DNVR uh, doing a, a vibe check for this Nuggets team right now. We will be right back. Thank you. 
are back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Final segments with Brandon Ewing on the line. Uh, really appreciate everybody for, for subscribing. Really appreciate all the, the positive reviews that I've had over the course of these last few weeks. Uh, if you could, if you haven't done it yet, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's free. It's, it's You can just do whatever. It uh, really helps me out, though. So if you can, that would be awesome. Okay. Vibe check time with this Nuggets team. Uh, this is one of those games that it feels like the Nuggets have not had a lot of games like this where they get a 10 point win and it feels like they are just uh, like, well, here's, here's actually, here's the stat here. Denver's nine and 12 in 10 point games. Usually they do not win 10 point games. They do not win by 10. They win by uh like they they win closer. It's it's a lot more stressful. They they have to pull something out in the fourth quarter, or they have to survive. Uh, tonight it didn't feel like that. They built up enough of a lead that they could just kind of relax for a little bit. I remember turning to you and and Asher at the game and saying like, okay, three minutes left, sixteen point game. This game is over. This is we're fine. We can we could wrap it up. And the Kings brought it back to like ten, and I'm not really worried about it there. But Denver, they finally have a game where you can sit back and enjoy it a little bit. You can enjoy the production that they had. Uh, what do you think of the vibe at Pepsi Center right now? Excuse me. What do you think of the vibe at Ball Arena right now? And and how Denver can continue to capitalize on something like this? No, I thought the vibes were great. It, it, I was never really worried tonight. And it was one of the first times I could say that this year in a Nuggets game, that the Nuggets were going to lose this game. No matter what happened, they were up by 20. I was feeling good. The Kings came all the way back and made it a four-point game. And I, I never lost faith. I had a feeling that the Nuggets were going to stretch the lead back out. And that's exactly what they did. They took over. They had seven players that finished in double figures. So everyone was feeding off one another. The vibes in the arena were fantastic. The fans were incredibly engaged. Rocky even made the half-court shot. And that was immediately following the busy shake. So once the busy shake happened, I mean, the Kings had zero chance in the fourth quarter. So. I think it was a great win for the Nuggets. I think it's definitely something that they can build on. And it's just nice to get one of those wins. Like you said, it was it was low stress. It did not come down to the wire at all. You always knew who was in control, and the Nuggets pulled out a nice double-digit victory. Jokic kind of embodied that, right, where he, he took over in the third quarter, really put the game away at that point, and, and the bench being able to not just hold the lead but extend the lead. I think they put it from, from like 12 to 17 at that point, or like 14 to 19 or so. I think, I think it was actually 14 to 19. Uh, it made things really easy for when Jokic and company came back into the game. And they came back in at a normal time, about the eight-minute mark anyway. But at that point, it was just about fulfilling the process, not giving up too many baskets, and then for traded enough baskets with the Kings that they, they ultimately put the game out of reach. And these are the kind of wins that Denver, like, like I said, it's just been missing. They haven't had a lot of easy time and it would be nice if they could get on kind of a roll here where they don't necessarily have to stress about every single minute of every single game where you can just kind of throw out a lineup that features the entire bench that feature features Faku bones, Austin rivers, Jeff green, and Zeke Naji, and feel okay. And feel like they, they have it in control that they have it in command haven't been able to say a lot of that. And I, I got to tell you, I, I know you were you were probably not thinking of that they were going to lose this game. 
I was always on the edge of my seat a little bit just because I've, I've seen this happen. They dropped the Charlotte game and, and anytime they have these opportunities against these, these potentially high octane offensive teams, I'm always going to be worried because those teams can get hot and Denver has shown that the well can dry up really, really soon. So it, it was nice to kind of go the other direction with this, that sure, the Kings kind of worked it back to a respectable score, but it wasn't respectable at all. Like they Denver just kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit, but they could in this case. Yeah, yeah, they definitely let their foot off the gas at some points. But, but like you mentioned, they did, a, they did a good job answering baskets when they needed to. They found a nice rhythm with the starting lineup and the bench, like we mentioned in the previous segment also found a really good rhythm. So that, that's why the game always just seemed well in hand. And the Kings had a couple possessions here and there. They were clunky and it made you feel like, yep, the Nuggets definitely are in control of this game. But the Nuggets did get swept by the Kings last year. So it was nice to start this year with a victory over Sacramento. And it just so happened with Michael Malone not on the sideline, which I feel kind of bad about. But it was good the Nuggets could get that winning at the Kings. Yeah, let me, let me ask you about that. So there, you, you turned to me at, at one point and Denver had given up like, I don't know, it was either a couple of layups. Or it, was, it was a couple of the uh, the mid-range shots where Denver was kind of in drop coverage. They were allowing the De'Aaron Fox elbow jumper and the Tyrese Halliburton floater and things like that. Just kind of nagging little things that if you have to give up something, that's an okay shot to allow. Kings hit a couple of those in a row. And Popeye Jones doesn't take a timeout. He lets it go. And you turned to me and you said, if Michael Malone was out here, he would have called a timeout because he would be so angry at that point that they were just giving up the same play on several possessions in a row. Uh, do you think anything of that? Like, like is, is this a situation where Denver getting a, a win against the Kings? Like, is it because Michael Malone wasn't there? Or is, is, there is there something to that? No, I don't, I don't think there's anything to do that. I think it's just one of those things. And as a coach myself, every coaching style is different. And we know Michael Malone's coaching style. He doesn't really let things go. Like, it, it kind of eats him. So if you get a couple baskets here or there where he's like, holy cow, we definitely should have defended that, you're going to get a timeout. But, but every coach is going to be a little different. Some coaches are going to let their team play through that and maybe learn from those situations instead of calling a timeout and having to immediately coach them up. It, it, every coach is different and how I'll say it is some coaches like to do a lot of coaching in practice. Some like to do a lot of coaching in games. So like every single coaching style is different, but no, I w- I'm not going to say anything to the since Michael Malone was on the sideline, boom, the Nuggets were able to beat the Kings. Cause I, I don't think that's the issue at all. I think if Michael Malone was there, the Nuggets probably still get a double digit victory. To be clear. I agree with you. I think that it's, it's all an incredibly childish conversation. And that people should just be happy that Denver won and then that they, they have a coach in Popeye Jones who can step up and provide a good tenor for this team at this particular time. He knows this group enough that he can get the best out of them at various points. That's what a good coach does. And it just so happens that Michael Malone is the head coach and Popeye Jones is the third uh, coach or he's in the third chair most of the time. So that's fine. And people are going to make a big deal out of it. Uh, I do think that Papa Jones coached a good game tonight and deserves a lot of the credit. So hopefully he gets that. Hopefully people fully appreciate what he's done. Um, Now let's turn our attention here. I want to read off Denver's next eight games to you. Uh, They have 
two road games, and then a six-game homestand. Tomorrow, they are going to travel for a Sunday game uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Denver lost the last game at Oklahoma City, so they're probably going to try a little bit harder in this one. They need a win. Uh, Then they go to L.A. to play the Clippers a couple days after that. Then they go back home for a six-game homestand where they face the Portland Trailblazers, the L.A. Lakers, the Utah Jazz on a back-to-back, which... Great. Thanks, NBA. Uh, The Clippers again, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Detroit Pistons. So lots of Western Conference teams in this stretch. Seven out of eight of the next next seven are Western Conference teams. What do you think Denver can do in this stretch, and and how would it change uh, your perception of the team if they went like, let's say, let's say six and two in those eight games? If they could go six and two against that stretch, that'd be fantastic. So, I mean, we could take a game by game. Let's say that they beat the Thunder. That should be one. And then they're probably going to beat the Pistons in the last game of the homestand. They probably beat the Trailblazers, I think, that one game. Yep. Say they get one of the games against one of the L.A. teams at home, whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers. Jazz, maybe they get them this time. Maybe Bogdanovich doesn't score almost 40 points, so they get that one. The Grizzlies one is always a good one in Denver. I don't know if people remember the two overtime game last year. There was like oh, yeah. John that's, Morant and Nicole. That's a 47 pointer, man. Yeah, 47 so pointer. Just insane. If the Nuggets could go six and two, though, that gives them incredible momentum right before the All Star break. And then coming out of the All Star break, that would be huge to close um, the regular season out. I, I, looking at that, I think. They definitely need to break 500, and if they can be over 500, that's still pretty solid against some of those teams that they're facing there. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, given that it's a homestand, given that they they have a couple of these games against the Thunder, against the Clippers, where Clippers are still pretty injured. So I can't imagine that Denver's going to be in a situation where uh, they're they're going to lose or they're not going to look good against the Clippers team as long as Jokic is available and healthy. So. I think that they get a game against the Thunder, against the Clippers, against the Blazers, which means that they could potentially be on a four-game winning streak. Uh, Just going into a Lakers game on January 15th, that should be a really interesting game. That should be a fun one. Uh, We'll see if they actually do that. But if they So hypothetically, if they go six and two in their next eight, that leads into another six-game road trip. Uh, But they would be, at that point, 25 and 20. That's uh, 24. Four and no, no, yeah, twenty-five and twenty. Uh, that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good for me. And I, I would definitely not be super concerned if they got to that point. Now, I think five and three is par. I think if you if you get to twenty-four and twenty-one, a few games above five hundred, then you feel pretty good about it. But I think this team, at some point, at some point, they're going to need to string together some wins, and hopefully that coincides with getting Jeff Green back, getting Monte Morris back. Some of these guys, they, they look pretty good, feel pretty good in the roles that they are playing. As long as they can get some good production from the bench during this homestand, I think that they could go on a run. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I think they could definitely hit their stride. And I guess what I'm curious about is, is that big road trip coming up after the homestand. What kind of teams do they face on that road trip? So it's funny. They, they play Detroit at home, and then they immediately go to Detroit a couple of days later. So they'll play Detroit. They'll play Brooklyn in the rescheduled game 
uh, on January 26th. That's a back-to-back. So that might be a game that they need to rest. Um, but they play the Pelicans uh, a couple days later. They played the Milwaukee Bucks on January 30th. Then they play at Minnesota on February 1st and at Utah to close the trip on February 2nd on another back-to-back. So they've played Utah uh, three times so far this year. All three times Denver has been actually, oh no, not, not this last time, but two of these times Denver's been on a back-to-back and Utah will have been fully rested. So it's just very irritating that, that Denver they're, they're getting some, some easy losses against these teams. Like, that's just unfair. Yeah, that is incredibly frustrating. And that, that's a lot of games against Utah already. Because I feel like they always end up playing Utah like late in the season. But they've kind of played them more earlier this year. Yeah, that road trip's interesting because it kind of goes easy team, tough team. Or like game they should win, game against a tough, tougher team, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think it's important that they do really good on this homestand. So then that, that road trip basically turns into house money. You should win the game. You you should, and then if you go beat a team that you maybe shouldn't, that's house money. That's perfect. But it all stems on this homestand and them doing a good job, at least being a couple games over five hundred on it. I think. Right. If you go six and two over this next eight, and then three and three on the road trip, which I think is fair. I think you you try to win two of the games against the worst teams, and then one game that you steal against a better team. Uh, then you're you're feeling okay in that situation, and if you get a three and three road trip and a six and two homestand, then that's uh, eight and five on top of nineteen and eighteen. So you're twenty seven and twenty three. That is a fair place to be after fifty games without Jamal Murray and with only nine games of an injured Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna take that nine times out of ten twice on some days. So. I love it, man. Uh, so we're, we're just going to have to see. I, I hope that this team can string some some wins together. It does feel like a, a good turning point win where they discovered a little bit about themselves, about how they can use that bench unit to their advantage, about what happens when Bones has it going, what happens when Faku can find the pocket pass on a consistent basis. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff that I think Denver can take from this, and hopefully they can transfer it into some momentum for these next few games. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, I think it's definitely a stepping stone victory. It is a, it's a step in the right direction. Now they just gotta to find a way to continue to build on it. So, but, but I think tonight's definitely a, a step in the right direction. Any other takes you want to fire off before we we head out of here? No, man, I, I'm happy to be back on the pod. It, it was nice to see, like we talked about, a nice controlling victory for the Nuggets tonight. I didn't think it was ever in doubt. Nikola Jokic. Did what he always does. He took over the game. He is still best player in the NBA. He should be league MVP again this year, if you ask me. So another good win for the Nuggets. Good to be back over 500. So hopefully they can just build on it. I love it. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. That is going to do for this episode of Pick Axe and Roll presented by DraftKings Sports, but uh, not DraftKings Sportsbook. Sorry, uh, we we are we are not presented by DraftKings anymore. Uh, he is Brandon Ewing at Bskip underscore. Or yeah, I think it's at Bskip one seven one seven. Uh, make sure to go follow him. He does great work for us over at Denver Stiffs. Uh, and make sure to go follow my work. We, we try to put out as many articles as we possibly can, uh, as many podcasts as we possibly can to. Uh, celebrate this team for for let's see let's see if they can keep over 500 for the rest of the season this feels like a good turning point where they can absolutely do that thank you so much everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you guys very soon